All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com etm and use code etm at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com etm and use code etm. Hi, NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast will give you practical knowledge you can use to level up your finances. I'm Sean Piles, and every week I sit down with NerdWallet's expert nerds to answer your money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. You'll learn how to manage your investments, understand your credit score and your tax bills, get pro tips for organizing your expenses and putting more money into your savings, and a whole lot more. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money can help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about whether you're on track to meet your money goals. You'll get the clarity that you need to make smart money decisions with confidence so you don't lose out on what money can do for you. Plus, we keep our episodes short and sweet so you can get smart about personal finance faster than you can say high-yield savings account. Smart Money is the smartest way to get even smarter about your money. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow the show to download new episodes as they become available for free. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast soon. If you've ever found yourself staring at your health insurance options during open enrollment, just trying to make some sense out of all those options, this episode's for you. Grab a beverage, grab your options, and let's figure out what is best for your wallet and your lifestyle. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, this is Millennial Money, and today we're talking pick the right health insurance plan for you. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Okay, this has been one of those weeks. This has just been such a crazy week. I could not do a podcast and absolutely not talk about it. We live about 15 miles or so from the borderline shootings in Thousand Oaks. So waking up hearing about that uh, last week was just crazy. I mean, and this is a tiny community. It's not tiny, but <laughs> it, it's a real homey community. And 
I know a lot of people that live up there in Thousand Oaks. I certainly, I've driven by the borderline so many times, just, you know, without even thinking about it. And to hear that there was another mass shooting there was just so incredibly heartbreaking. And so that was crazy. That was on a Wednesday. And then Thursday was actually our fifth wedding anniversary. And we had planned this amazing day. Jeff had planned this five-year vow renewal ceremony, and we were going to do something very sweet. And the whole week, I was just feeling not like myself at all, just really terrible physically. This ear thing is really bizarre. My body is totally run down, and I'm having to have just a ton of different tests and doctor's appointments and acupuncturists and MRIs and all sorts of things that, of course, I never anticipated nor really wanted to have to do, but that is just what life has thrown at me right now. So we decided on that Thursday, let's change plans because having a vow renewal ceremony right now, probably not the best idea. I was just not feeling exactly physically up to it. So our day consisted of crazy things like running from doctors and getting blood tests. And we decided, you know what, we're going to go and we're going to have an amazing anniversary lunch. And we're just going to go by the beach and we're going to hang out at one of our favorite restaurants and we're going to order whatever the heck we want. And we're just going to have such a great time. I've not had a ounce of an alcoholic beverage in probably a month since all of this has happened. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to order a really big margarita and I'm going to down that thing and I'm going to love every single sip. So we drove down to the beach and we went to one of our favorite restaurants and we just totally indulged in whatever we wanted. I mean, it was one of those just crazy hundred dollar plus lunches, which we never do, but it was just, it was such a great time for me, at least to just feel some sense of normalcy. But as we were leaving Malibu, we were driving back up the canyon that connects over to where we live and we started to see the fire approaching. And as we're driving through the canyon, we're looking at each other like, oh my God, is the fire actually in this canyon that we're driving? Because it just was getting darker and darker and darker. And we finally made it out to the freeway and finally made it home. And where we live, we are kind of surrounded by two of the bigger fires here in Los Angeles that happened, the the Woolsey Fire and the Hill Fire, I think that's what they're called. They're both very, very close to where we live. They impact our freeways, our canyons. Uh, they're very close to where my parents live. And so it's 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 kind of, you can't escape it. And we actually just made it to the freeway before they started to close the freeway and got home safely, of course. But it has been just a crazy couple of days between everything compacted in a short period of time, but also in a really small geographic area because the shootings and the fires, it's all in this really small radius. And it, it it's just been unbelievable to watch. I've never seen a fire. We have fires all the time out here in California. It's it's just kind of a, unfortunately, a thing that is sort of a norm. And they start when these crazy winds start. And this one is just been terrible. It's been horrific. And the amount of acreage that has burned through, it just, it absolutely is blowing my mind. So 
we're doing whatever we can here to help people locally, help people in our community. I'm going to put a link to the Red Cross and the LA Fire Department Foundation in the show notes in case you want to donate. Those are two reputable places that you can donate and you can help out because there are so many people who have lost their homes. And I know a little bit of the pushback on social media is like, well, a lot of these are celebrities or people that have millions of dollars. And yes, of course, if we're talking about Malibu, there are a lot of people there that have a ton of money. So they lost their houses, but still they lost their house. And that's a really, it's a really hard thing to comprehend when suddenly you lose everything. So the point is just, and any tragedy that happens in the US, abroad, anywhere, I think if we could all pull together, uh, it, it just, it helps us feel human, I think. Certainly when I help out after tragedies, it just makes me feel like, okay, you know, at the end of the day, there's all sorts of bad stuff out there, but we're all connected and genuinely speaking, we all really like to help people. Now, I know there's some people out there that don't like to help people, but I would say on most of us really do have a soft heart and certainly like to help people. So I was thinking about today's episode and I knew I wanted to do an episode about health insurance and I wanted to come up with some way that, you know, maybe we can make it a little bit more interesting. And then I was thinking about the different things that that we've been through this year, the different health challenges that we've been through and an open enrollment for many of you is still happening. Most of you open enrollment closes mid-December, December 15th. So I, I got a lot of questions, particularly in the last couple of weeks about open enrollment, how to make the best choice when it comes to health insurance. And I thought, okay, all right, all right. I get the memo. <laughs> I'm up for the challenge. Let's just do an episode about health insurance, but maybe let's try to have a little fun with it if we can. I know that's that seems like a very daunting task, but let's see what we can do about it. So I did a little research about health insurance in the United States and the history, and I found this a little bit interesting. So health insurance in the U.S., it dated back to the 1800s. And of course, we wanted to do things differently than Europe. We didn't want to have the socialist system. We were America. We were trying to do something different, whether that's a good thing or not a good thing. I think we're all still trying to figure that out. But I found this article that had some really interesting history. I'm going to read some bits from this. So the earliest formalized records in America's history of healthcare uh, dated towards the end of the 19th century. This was the time of the Industrial Revolution. It brought the steel mill jobs to the U.S. Many big cities had these steel mills. And the dangerous nature of that work led to a lot of workplace injuries. People were getting hurt. People were getting sick. And then as the manufacturing jobs really started to become prevalent, the unions grew. And, of course, everything grew out from the unions but in order to really shield the union members from financial loss due to injury or illness, they began to offer these different types of, they called them then sickness protection. And it was not organized at all. And most of the decisions about who got health care and who didn't were sort of on a trial and error basis. There was no standard for this. It was just, okay, does it make sense to give this person treatment or not and cover it and not? And so it was a real, of course, totally antiquated system. 
But then the 1900s came along and the turn of the century, there was really this big push in the U.S. for organized medicine. And that led to the American Medical Association, the AMA. And the AMA was growing stronger and stronger. It gained about 62,000 doctors during that next decade. But because the working class in the United States wasn't supportive of the idea of this type of healthcare, the U.S. really didn't see any growth uh, that the European nations would see until soon after that. So the 26th president of the United States was actually Theodore Roosevelt. He was uh, 1901 to 1909. And he really believed that health insurance was super important because, quote, he said, no country could be strong whose people were sick and poor. Of course, that makes sense. Even so, he didn't lead the change for stronger health care in America most of the initiative for it was really in the early 1900s, and it was led by organizations outside of the government. And those organizations just got stronger and stronger, really made a push for healthcare, seeing that people needed this. People needed some sort of coverage in order to be able to go to doctors so financially they could still pay their bills and they could still provide for their family. But if they were sick or they were injured or they needed some sort of surgery, that there was something there that helped them, which, of course, makes sense now. I mean, you think about it. It's like, well, why? what took them so long or what took them so long to evolve into something that that makes sense? I mean, if you look at the healthcare system in the U.S., we're still evolving. We're still trying to get this thing right. And we're trying all of these different iterations. And... The only thing that really is happening is the health insurance companies are getting fatter and fatter pockets. <laughs> the drug companies are getting fatter and fatter pockets. And people are really struggling. I know a lot of my friends are having a tough time, really, if they have a big surgery or even those who have a baby during a year and they're having to pay for all of these medical expenses or sometimes they have to go out of network to see a doctor and it's just really expensive and it's frustrating when you're trying to pay off student loans and you're trying to buy a house and start a family and achieve all these other goals. And then, of course, in the last few years, things have really changed in the U.S. when the Healthcare Act came about. A lot of companies now are saying, okay, look, we're not going to cover all the healthcare anymore. You, employee, you're going to have to pay some money towards the healthcare expenses. And a lot of people just freaked out. A lot, of, a lot of my friends called me in just complete horror. Like, what am I supposed to do? Now they want me to pay monthly premiums? This is ridiculous. I, I work for this company. They should be covering this. But I think this is really the, the trend that is going to happen. I think there are going to be fewer and fewer companies that actually cover all of the healthcare costs. And when I started working in the financial industry way back in 2006, which now feels like forever ago, I, I partnered up with my dad who had been in the financial industry for 40 plus years. And we were working on super complex cases with families who had $50 million net worth and up. And we were solving all sorts of issues for them financially. But I also started helping my friends with health insurance because a lot of my friends were asking me, like, what should I do? What plan should I choose? I don't know how to figure any of this out. And 
it was it was crazy because I it felt very intuitive, I guess, or natural for me. And then I started to realize like enough of my friends are asking me this, that there must be something really confusing about this. And maybe I can I can help or I can shine some light. And around that time, I also got my my master's in business from Pepperdine University. And most of my friends then who had MBAs, who had these like big corporate fancy jobs, they had no idea how to think about personal finance, what options were good for them, what they should do with their money, all of these things. And I think that was really the initial genesis for this podcast, just seeing this gap between what you need to know and the information that you actually have easy access to, and then finding it in a voice that made sense. And I thought, okay, if if I can stand up on a platform or if I can talk or if I can write an article or if I could do something that maybe helps translate or demystify some of this stuff, then maybe that's my calling, if you will. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so every year I'd gather up some friends and we'd go to a local like favorite restaurant that we love. We'd spread out all of our healthcare options and we would pencil it out. I'd bring like a notepad for each person with pencils and we'd kind of go through this system of figuring out which option was best for each person. And we'd have fun. Like we'd have some drinks, we'd have some really good food and we'd have fun figuring this out. And year after year, this group grew and grew until we had a really big group and we actually had to rent a really big kind of back room in this one restaurant and then I realized like okay message received loud and clear picking a healthcare option is confusing and if I can get everyone to think about what is best beyond price beyond price because I, that that's really important when we're talking about healthcare options that they would be able to pick the option that is really best for their their lifestyle, their health, their wallet, their family, all sorts of things. So while we can't all sit around a table together, but we are sort of metaphorically, we can all do this, right? Like in theory, we're all sitting around a table. So I just, let's pretend that we are. Let's pretend that we are and let's kind of walk through the system that I did with my friends and see if it helps you make a decision that's right for your own situation. So I remember so clearly walking into day two of my job at a mortgage company and my boss said, okay, now you're in charge of all of our email marketing and the email marketing for the rest of our real estate partners. I was like, what? I had no idea even where to begin and I had just quite a freak out moment. And we're all bound to face these unexpected hurdles at work and I know you can relate. But you don't have to let finding the right software be one of them. With 2019, yes, can you actually believe it? 2019 fast approaching. You don't have time for these unexpected hurdles to derail you in your career. You can find the software you need fast with Captera's new free ebook, The Big Book of Free Software, which you can download for free at captera.com slash my money. So what is Captera? Well, Captera.com is the free resource to help you find the software you need for your business. I mean, they have everything. With helpful information on over 300 different software tools, their big book of free software can help you find a completely free tool to test today. And yes, it's absolutely free, so you won't have to ask your boss for a penny or drain your business account. 
Whether you're looking for a new project management tool, recruiting software, or email marketing solution like I was, Captera's Big Book of Free Software has something for you. Visit captera.com slash mymoney today to get your free copy of the Big Book of Free Software. That's captera, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash mymoney, captera.com slash mymoney. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly, I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a golden mountain doodle and she is full of spunk and fun and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. You use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. I have to tell you about my new obsession, Notion, our sponsor today. Notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better. I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget-friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, one of the best uses of Notion You can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI-powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto-generate action items, get answers to questions in minute. And you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. 
So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business. So you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable design, so the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips, and Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals. You can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress, and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me, and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. So there are some decisions in life that just really shouldn't totally revolve around price. It's good to save money. I'm a big fan of saving money, but it's also good to choose a health plan that's just going to flat out work for you, for your family, for your budget, whatever situation you're in. And they are not all created equal. For instance, I teach at a university here in Los Angeles, and one of the amazing benefits is that I get health insurance covered, which is great because I've been self-employed for my entire career and I've had to pay out of pocket for health insurance my entire career except when I started to teach at this university. But even with good planning and not paying a lot of premium each month for health insurance, we got just downright walloped this year with health costs. Jeff had this weird back thing that happened a couple of months ago and he couldn't even walk. And so I had to call the ambulance to our house and they took him to the emergency room and we spent 10 hours in the emergency room. And thank God he's better. Everything was fine. It was just some weird, strange reaction to a drug he was taking, prescription drug prescription drug, might I say. <laughs> and so he's fine now, but but that was an expensive 
an expensive, really short ride to the hospital because anytime you have to take an ambulance, oh, just bring out the wallet because <laughs> you're going to have to pay up. Anytime you have to go to the emergency room, oh, you better believe you're going to hit all your deductibles, everything. Just, just open your bank account and say, here, what do you want? You can have it. So that was one thing. And then we, of course, paid those bills. And then right after that, my crazy losing my hearing thing happened. And so then there's MRIs and acupuncture and blood tests and doctor's visits and hearing tests and all sorts of craziness just back to back to back. So our little health insurance plan has gotten quite the workout this year. We have totally maxed out our health benefits, but we had a plan in place in case that happened. And that's that's something I want you to, to think about because we don't think about it very often. If you're healthy, if you've never been to the doctor, or I want to say never been to the doctor, but let's say you go to the doctor a couple times a year, you get sick maybe, maybe you go in for a flu shot, maybe you go in for your annual physical, something like that. They're not big deal things. You're not going to pay a lot of money for those things. In fact, you're not, it's not even going to, it's not even going to be a blip in your bank account. You're not even going to notice that you paid for those things. Maybe you have a prescription drug or something that you take every month and you pay a couple bucks here or there, but again, not a big deal. But if you're somebody who's had some sort of big medical something in your past, or maybe you're in it now, you know that <laughs> your plan can get a really hefty workout. And I think the unfortunate thing is, of course, we can't plan for any of this. Nobody has a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. So we don't know how to think about this. And so I think that's what brings up a lot of confusion with the health plan is like, well, I could choose this plan, but if something happens to me, I'd probably rather have this plan, but we, we don't know that. So we're just trying to decipher with the information that we've got at hand. So I did have a couple of questions about the difference between an HSA and an FSA account. And I don't want to go into a ton of detail on this. I did a whole episode about HSA health savings accounts. So go back and check that out if, if you want to know more about that. But the FSA, the main thing with FSA is it's the flexible spending account is it's use it or lose it. So whatever money you put in your FSA, if you don't use that money, it's gone. But by end of the year, adios. HSA is not like that. Whatever money you put in the HSA, it rolls over from year to year. So there's a lot more flexibility in the health savings account than there is in the flexible spending. So if you're thinking about the flexible spending account, I always tend to underestimate for flexible spending because I don't want to get to the end of the year and have money left over and then I'm scrambling to like go to all these crazy doctors that I really don't want to go to. But if you've got money left in your FSA, you know, we've still got a few weeks before the end of the year. So just make sure you use it up because I really don't like to see people lose money. But with health insurance, you've got three things to think about. You've got your deductible. This is the amount of money that you need to come out of pocket yourself before your health plan starts kicking in gear. So whether that's 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, 5000 bucks, whatever that is, you need to know your deductible number. Number two are your co-pays and your co-insurance. So this means a co-pay is when you go to the doctor, how much are you going to have to pay for that particular visit? And co-insurance is the split. So you'll either see like 80-20 or 70-30 or 60-40. The first number means how much the insurance company is going to pay. The second number is how much you're responsible for. So again, important to know what that co-insurance split is. So 
once you hit your deductible, then you go into that coinsurance amount. And you're in that coinsurance amount for the majority of the year, unless something dramatic happens. Then the third thing is your out-of-pocket max. And this is like the God forbid number. This is the number that if something really bad happens to you, that is the maximum amount of money you will have to pay in any given year for your health insurance plan. So that number, most of us will not hit. Most of us will not hit that year after year after year. Most of us don't even care about that number, but you should know what that number is because if you're in the situation where you do hit your out-of-pocket max, wow, you are going to feel that number. And a lot of the health plans now have really large out-of-pocket max numbers. Doesn't mean you need to freak out about it, just means you need to be a little aware that that is a possibility. So the first thing I think you think about is, in the last year, how many times did I go to the doctor? Did I just go to the doctor for, okay, I got sick, I got a cold, maybe I got the flu, maybe I had my annual physical, but no big deal. Like just, I went to the doctor a couple of times a year. So figure that out first. Is is that normal for you? Is that kind of what you expect every year? And then do I have any surgery or do I anticipate getting pregnant next year? Yes, ladies, I'm going to tell you, if you even remotely thinking about getting pregnant, make sure that you fully understand your deductible, your coinsurance, and your out-of-pocket max, because likely you will hit all of those in the year, and you just want to make sure you're financially prepared for that. Or sometimes you'll get pregnant. Of course, you can't. I'm, I'm really pragmatic. <laughs> so if I tried to get pregnant, I'd probably try to plan it out properly all within one year. But okay, we know the reality of that is it's not going to happen. So chances are maybe you get pregnant somewhere in the middle of the year and then you end up having baby in the next year. So you're going to hit your deductible and some things in one year and then the next year you're probably going to hit your out of the pocket max. So just something for you to be aware of. Another thing is, do I have enough money saved that I could pay my deductible if I had to? If the answer is no, I highly suggest you start there. You start saving some money in a separate high-yield savings account, open a Marcus account or an Ally or Synchrony or Discover Bank, whatever one, whatever flavor you like best, open one of those and just name it your deductible savings accounts. That cash is there if you need it. And you're not going to have to go to debt. You're not going to have to go to a credit card or be scrambling around. Also, think about, are all my doctors still considered in-network next year? And this is something that we don't think about a lot, but because there's a lot of scrambling going on in the health insurance industry, a lot of the doctors are moving in and out of different networks. I know I was just, I went to my allergist like a month ago with the ear thing, thinking, well, maybe this is a weird sinus or allergy thing. And I go to check in and they're like, oh, did we let you know that we're now out of network? I'm like, what? I already made this appointment. I'm here. Now you're telling me I'm out of network? I'm fine. So I had to pay a fairly large office visit. But things like that, it's important if, you, if you've if got these certain doctors that you go to that you're going to at least find out, okay, are they covered under this plan? And then does it make sense for you to be on your spouse or partner's health insurance if you can? 
versus your own. Again, you've got to look at all the options. You got to look at the deductible. You got to look at the co-pays and the co-insurance. You got to look at the out-of-pocket max and not just the monthly premium. All of the factors together is what's going to help you decide which plan makes most sense for you. So last week, just to give you an example, and if you haven't taken a drink of your beverage by now in this episode, I highly suggest you do. Because, <laughs> you know, we're talking about health insurance here, right? We can, we can have a little fun with this. So last week I met with my friend Valerie and we went through this. We sat down, we had a great lunch over, she had a beverage. I didn't have a beverage, but normally I would. <laughs> and we went through all of our options. So She's 36. Uh, She works as a copywriter for a pretty large company, but she doesn't have kids and she isn't married. So in terms of choosing a health plan, she's got a fairly simple situation. All of her options came with higher deductibles. They were all $1,000 plus options. And her employer doesn't cover all the costs, so her plans ranged from $50 to $300 a month, depending on deductible. So normally, the higher deductible you have, the lower the premium. The lower deductible, the higher the premium. They, the, Those levers tend to work like that. So she has $5,000 saved in her emergency fund, but she knows she needs to save more. And she had a hand injury a few years ago, and she still has these issues. So she's thinking that she might need to have another surgery soon, maybe next year. So she goes to the doctor about four times a year when she's sick. She uses urgent care facilities. And in her plan, if she goes to the urgent care over her regular doctor, she actually saves money. So for her, it's it's a benefit. And she gets the same kind of care, so she could care less. But since her health insurance is a pre-tax deduction on her paycheck, she went with a plan that was $125 a month that had a $2,500 deductible. These were just her options. So if she had to pay out for surgery, she could with her emergency fund, but she was okay with the monthly premium knowing that she had an 80-20 co-insurance plan. So again, insurance company after deductible, they pay 80% of the cost, she pays 20%. And all her doctors were in this plan. So she's pretty, pretty happy with this. She didn't want to go with a higher deductible plan. She wanted to kind of stay in the middle because she knew she had this $5,000 set aside and she could use that if she had to. And then her action plan was just she wanted to save $150 extra a month in her emergency fund just to keep beefing it up. So that was that was her. That actually took us a couple of hours to go through all of that because, of course, we talked about other stuff than health insurance. But we really, we went through each option and we kind of penciled them out, pros, cons with each different options. We looked at all of the different factors. And then what we ended up doing was we ended up tossing out the the lower option, tossing out the higher option. And we went, we had a couple medium range options and we just went, okay, which one of these feels right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's kind of like that. Which of these feels right? And that's how she ended up making her choice. But what happens if you have a bad year? And you really give your health insurance a workout. Well, there's a couple of things I've learned over the years, a couple of tricks that, uh, I don't know if you call them tricks, but one is that know that you can always negotiate a payment plan for big bills. And you should, because most of the payment plans with like a hospital or something like that, if you have to have surgery, you can normally... Most hospitals, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say every hospital, but most hospitals, you can usually get 0% interest rates. So it gives you 
time to have your money working for you while you're also paying it off. And 0% is awesome. If I can get, if I owe a hospital 1500 bucks and I can get 0% for a year and I could pay that off over a year, I'm a happy camper because I know then how much I'm going to pay every single month. If I want to pay more, great. But if not, no big deal. So I always ask for the lowest payment option and then I pay more if I can. But I don't stress about it. There were a time when I had a kidney stone many, many years ago. And I got a a bill from the emergency room and I just freaked out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I owe this much money. Ah." And And then I went, oh wait, I can negotiate a payment plan with them. And okay, this is fine. And so I think the thing is don't stress about it and look at your benefits. Do you have vision care? We have vision care. We get contacts and new glasses every single year and we max out those benefits. Dental, if you have it, Get cleanings, even if you hate, I hate going to the dentist, even if you hate going to the dentist, just max out those benefits that you get or any other savings that you have in your plan, be on top of that so you can really work your plan the right the right way. And then if you're in a super serious pinch, like something really bad happens, you have to go to the hospital and you know that bill is just going to be ridiculous. There's actually a credit card called the Care Credit Card, and it's one of the best that I've seen. You can use it for big surgeries, for unexpected expenses, cosmetic surgeries, dental surgeries, LASIK, even vet bills. If your dog or cat or animal, maybe you have a horse, gets really sick and they need a surgery, and those can be so super expensive, you can use the Care Credit Card for that. I've had a lot of friends that have used it over the years and they just say it's totally saved their life because they have payment plans and they have lower interest options than other credit cards would have. So it's designed specifically for healthcare bills, things like that. So I would look at that if you're thinking of something really big and you're just thinking there's no way I have the cash for it, nor do I want to pay all the cash. But at the end of the day, Some years you're going to get it right. You're going to have a good plan. Some years you might guess wrong and you might have to come out of pocket with more cash and that's totally okay. You're looking again for that that medium. Where is the sweet spot with your deductible, with your copay, co-insurance, with your monthly premium? Where is a spot where you feel comfy that if you had to cover some costs if something happened that you could, that you're in a good position to do it. And if all of the options you're looking at and you're thinking, I'm not in a good position for any of these options, then do the work. Build in your budget every month a little bit of cash that you can put into a special savings account just for health stuff. And just keep that cash there. Don't touch it because you're really going to thank yourself that you did it when you need to. When you need to turn to that cash, it's going to be there for you. So you don't have to freak out or you don't have to go into more debt. You don't have to beg, borrow, and steal from friends. You have that money set aside. And again, I I, I always urge my friends and people who come to me about this is to think past the monthly premium because our brains are tuned to go, okay, what's the lowest premium? Okay, I'm going to choose that option. That's just what we're tuned to do because we do that with so many other things. We do that when we go shopping or when we're looking for a plane flight. We're just looking for like, okay, just get me there at the lowest price. 
But there are certainly some things in life, some financial decisions that you make where you can't just make the decision on price. You have to look at the other factors and you have to look at it in whole so that, again, you may not make the best decision or you may choose wrong one year, but you're not just solely isolating monthly premium because that's where it starts to get a little wishy-washy when it comes to health insurance. So hopefully you have a way better health year than I've had. (laughs) Hopefully you just go to the doctor, you get your shots, got your annual physical, and it's not a big deal, but at least just prepare yourself for rolling in to a new year coming up and just add that like little item to your to-do list. Just make sure that you find out what your deductible is, find out what your coinsurance is, find out what your out-of-pocket max is. Just have a little awareness around it so that you know if you were to get in a situation like, hey, you got it covered, it's no big deal. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Millennial Money. I'll be back on Friday with a fresh episode for you to check out. But in the meantime, if you love this episode and you found value in the content we share with you, I totally appreciate it. If you do me a favor, head on over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. I promise to be your BFF for life. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.